to Totalus Rankium. This week, Valentinian. Hello, and welcome to Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob. Oh, it's been two weeks and I've forgotten already. <laughs> Ranking all the... Ranking, thank you, all of the emperors from Augustus to Augustus. And this is episode 64, Ooh. election special, <laughs> Valentinian. Yeah, and by the time this episode's out, we'll know, so... Yes. I couldn't believe the result. No, I couldn't believe I it either. Didn't see that coming. No. At but, all. Yes. You voted? I have voted already. I've not voted yet, so I'm going to go and vote. Well, it's Saturday now, obviously. It might be a bit late. Oh, yeah. No, that's not good, is it? All right. Yes, and we're sitting here whilst Comey's in America doing his... his oh, he is, yeah. yeah. Just to root us into the now. Yeah. yeah we've right. just tore ourselves away from watching Comey give his yep. testimony to come and record this. Mm. Yes, that's what we've done. So, we're starting with a man named Gratian. Gratian. Yes, there's another Gratian coming up soon, so we're just going to call him Daddy G. <laughs> nice. Daddy G Yeah. was not a rapper, as you might think. But a rope salesman. It's nowhere near as cool, is it? Uh, depends on the rope. It's a ropey business to get into. Hey. Hey. He was a rope salesman, and he was nicknamed, get this, yeah. the Rope Man. Oh. Yeah, it's not a great... Maybe it's better in Latin. Do you know what? For all of their accomplishments, the Romans were crap at names. <laughs> yes, they really, really were. They were awful. So, Daddy G, the Rope Man. He joined the army. Yeah. His rope-making skills, obviously, helped out... Yeah. Yes, he soon asserted himself and rose through the ranks. Of course. Of course, like they all do. It's amazing there were any common soldiers back in Rome. <laughs> yeah. Becoming a tribune under Constantine and leading a small troop of men. Of course. It's a very top-heavy system, isn't it? It's like an inverted pyramid. Yes. Just <laughs> Jeff at the bottom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, it's around this time, Daddy G marries and has two sons. Hey. Valentinian. Alright. Yeah, that's our man today. And Valens. I've heard of him. Yeah, you might want to put a box around Valens' name. Ooh. Yeah. I'm guessing it runs in the family then. Yes. Daddy G was then given a high up position in Africa. Up a tower or something. This was about the time that Constantine the Great and Licinius were squaring up to one inch. Another. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we've gone back yeah. a bit now. Valentinian and his little brother Valens both went with their father to Africa and stayed there for a while. Unfortunately for the family, however, Daddy G found himself caught up in a sort of pesky embezzlement charge. Yeah, well, was it hoarding rope? <laughs> Probably. He, he, Stealing rope. <laughs> money was resting in this account for a while <laughs> yeah. before he transferred it over. Yeah, the rope was resting in my house. Yes. That's Don't know where that came from. I thought they were snakes. <laughs> yeah. So they were forced to flee. Not looking good for the family. Yeah, a scandal. Yeah, around this time, in Valentinian's late teens, he joins the army to follow in his dad's footsteps. This is around the same time as Constantine the Great died. And the empire was split between his sons. Yeah, that worked well. That worked very well, yeah. Perhaps it was due to this reshuffle. Daddy G was given another chance. Ooh. It's fine. Who cares if you're hoarding all the rope? He was given another high-up office in Britain this time. 
<laughs> Send him far away to the worst <laughs> place in the Empire. Yeah, it's like, you've got another chance. You're going to Hull. Then <laughs> oh. to Skegness. No! Oh. We apologise to all our Hull and Skegness listeners. Wonderful places. Yep. I've Can't been be. to both. Yep. I spent a, long t- a lot of time with Skeggy. Yeah. Never yeah. been to Hull, though. I think maybe I drove past Hull once. Isn't it the city culture at the moment? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually quite nice. I saw videos like those yeah. of museums and stuff. Yeah. Don't knock Hull, Rob. I'm not. It's so mean. It's not me. It was um, Daddy G. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But he, he liked it when he got there, so it was fine. On a culture. Yeah. So there they are, in the city of culture. Valiant and Tinian probably, however, didn't go with him. Mm. He stayed behind. He's he's on his own path now. We don't know where exactly Valentinian went. I'm going to. I'm just going to have a guess that he was with okay. Constans. No, sorry, Constantius II okay. at this point for reasons that will become clear later. So in 350, Magnentius kills Constans. If you remember, after yeah. the drunken party coup. <laughs> yeah. Constantius II manages to pull himself away from Shaopur and head west to deal with the usurper. Yeah. Daddy G, living on his estates in Pannonia, by this point, he's come back from Britain, Yeah, found himself living in the battleground for the upcoming war. So he just happened to be, his estates just happened to be where the two armies are meeting. Oh, just imagine he spent like five years trying to find a plot to put his little house, finally builds yeah. it. Set up the roses perfectly. Oh, yeah, a little, little hedge and a yeah. little wooden fence. And actual, what's it called, topiary, where you've got animals out of hedges? It's not topiary, yes. is it? Is it topiary? Yeah, topiary. Yeah, yeah. Not potpourri. Not potpourri. Yes, yeah, so that in bowls though, in the house. Yes. Yeah, but potpourri was set out, the yeah. topiary was sorted. Yeah. It's all going well. All going well. And then suddenly, 200,000 <laughs> our men storm through. <laughs> and he's the exact centre of where they meet. <laughs> yes. So because he knew he was in the thick of it, he decided to bet on a horse. Which side to go for? Magnentius or Constantius? Ooh. His bet didn't turn out well. He went for Magnentius. He went he? for Magnentius. He provided some form of support for Magnentius. We're not sure exactly what. Uh, <laughs> On his window. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Magnentius. <laughs> a little, little political one. Yes, I'm, I'm voting for Magnentius. Yeah. Just a tiny little bumper sticker on his car. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. But that was too far for Constantius. <laughs> Because once Constantius beat Magnentius in that incredibly bloody battle where everyone died. Yeah. Yeah. Good fertiliser for his roses, though. Yeah, it's good. But he does need to clear out all the the litres of blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not good. Not good for that pond, yeah. As well. <laughs> yes. Dead fish floating in a pool of red. Yes. Oh. And Magnentius is dead. I mean, it took a couple of years, if you remember. But yeah. Magnentius does end up dead. And Daddy G is now on the losing side. Oh, dear. Constantius, not happy. Daddy G loses everything. Goodbye to the topiary and the potpourri. Oh, no. He loses all his land, his titles, and his money. The family is in ruin. Oh, no. That's really not great. Cause it's not a good start for poor the Valentinian. Well... Valentinian doesn't seem to share the same fate, interestingly. Possibly this indicates that he was fighting for Constantius. <laughs> Rampas house. Hi, Dad! <laughs> take, take that sticker down! Bloody hell, take what it down! What is with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do know he was in the area at the time. We don't know if he was fighting for a side, but he isn't penalised. So... 
kind of assume he must have done something right. Or maybe it was just Daddy G took all the flack and his sons weren't punished. Maybe he did it on purpose to save his sons. Maybe he did. Maybe he took that bullet. They didn't have bullets. Arrow. Spear. He took <laughs> <Ooh>. something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, if you remember, Constantius's victory is very short-lived. Because yes. some fool had prompted the Alamanni to go raiding. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So the barbarians <laughs> were now flooding over the Rhine. <laughs> Constantius, again, if you remember, executes Gallus and promotes Julian to sort out the mess in Gaul. And then seems to do everything in his power to ruin Julian's chances. Like you do. (laughs) At one point, Julian was involved in a pincer movement with Barbicio. Barbicio. Yes. When all of a sudden, Leon was attacked. Leon. Yeah. That's in France. That is in France. Is this coming back to you? No. No. Oh, we did mention Oh, yes. No, there's the buffer zone. The neutral zone. Wasn't really neutral. It was just the no, zone where the barbarians were overrunning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> disputed zone. Yes, a disputed zone. Yeah, Julian is chasing down the barbarians that attacked Leon, but some escaped, and this is where Valentinian finally comes into the story properly. And I did mention this in Julian's episode. I wasn't listening. Go on. Valentinian was either with Julian and was asked to track down the fleeing barbarians, or he was with Barbicio. And received word from Julian to track down the fleeing men. Either way, Julian has got word to Valentinian, go and chase those men down. Yeah. However, Barbicio was able to intercept and ordered that Valentinian cease the chase. This is yet another one of those. <laughs> it's very obvious they're just trying to mess yeah. with Julian. Yeah. This was near the start of the episode where Julian seemed quite yeah. sympathetic. Yeah, uh, okay. Oh, poor Julian, before he just messed everything up. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. Now, Julian, not too happy about this, nope. and he writes to Constantius to let his feelings on Barbaccio be known. Barbaccio needed a scapegoat. So who to blame it all on? Valentinian. Valentinian. Valentinian was thrown out of the army in disgrace. You let the barbarians go, how could you? Oh, that's not fair. It's really not, is it? Valentinian had done well enough by this point that he had some land in near Sirmian. Okay. So he, he's not he's not got nothing at this point. Yeah, he's... he's not inherited his father's estate. That's gone now, but he's got <laughs> something. Yeah. Yeah. So he returns there. He settles down. He has a son named Gratian after his father, and he has his wife, probably already married to, but I'll mention her now, Marina. Aww. So Valentinian, Marina, young son Gratian. Makes me think of a Stingray. Do you ever watch that, Jerry Anderson? No. Stingray, Stingray. I know of it, but I never... There's Marina, who's the mermaid. Oh, right. Does she live in a marina? No, she lives in the sea. She can swim. Oh, that's nice. She can't speak, she can speak, though. Oh. Maybe that's like Marina in this this thing. Probably. Is she a bit like um, the the mermaid in the film Splash from the 80s? Yes. Yes. Exactly like that. Yeah, okay. So Valentinian's married to a mermaid. Yes. Perfect. Who has grown legs. Well, Marina had legs as well. Exactly. It's like in The Little Mermaid where she loses her voice but she can walk. It's a bit like that. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. That's who Vantillion's married to. Cool. Glad we sorted that out. So, he's settling down to make a, a hit 80s film. Yes. Yes. We don't hear from him again for a while. He's too busy filming. <laughs> Doing the storyboards. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's just on, on his estate and probably expects that this is his life from now on. Julian... However, then starts his civil war. He gets declared emperor, he annoys Antioch, he loses against Shapur, and then he dies. Yeah. That sums Julian up. At some point, when all this was happening, Valentinian manages to get himself back into the army. 
Word then comes through that Julian's dead, however. Mm. That's a shame. Jovian is the emperor now, and everyone went who? <laughs> that really popular guy in the army's greatest speak. No, not him, the other one. I didn't know there was another one. <laughs> yeah, that one. So, Jovian's emperor, he wants his father-in-law to go to Milan and secure the West. Somehow, Valentinian gets wrapped up in all this and goes to Milan with Jovian's father-in-law who, if you remember from Julian's episode, decided that this tricky and dicey time was the perfect chance to conduct some light-hearted financial audits. Yes. Yes. Oh, dear. Which then turned the locals against them, and Jovian's father-in-law ends up dead. Valentinian has to run and hide. <laughs> run away. Yes. He then heads back east yeah. and joins up with Jovian's army. To give the pleasant news, by the way, your father-in-law's dead. <laughs> oh, you look a bit thin. Valentinian was then ordered to stay where he was, in Ansira, where he met up with the army, yeah. and just make sure everything's fine there. Hmm. Get the feeling that was a kind of a punishment detail for coming <laughs> back with some bad news. Yeah. So you're not allowed to travel with us anymore. Just stay here. The army moved on, and Jovian suddenly dies. Mysteriously. There was an autopsy. No, no, no autopsy. No. And that was surprising. That was. Well. So it suggests, possibly, there could have been some... He was murdered, come on, of yeah. course he was murdered. Yeah. So, I was trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. But I, th I think we decided that last I, time, didn't I, we? I, th I think what gave it away was the axe in the skull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just standing around Jovian's body with the axe in the skull. So, how do we think he died? It could have been the plaster work. Yes. Possibly, yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, there's a fire over there. Might have been that as well. Leak, leak, leak. Yeah. CSI Rome. So, the Emperor's dead. There needs to be a new Emperor. So here we are yet again, second time within a year, the generals get together in a tent and begin to argue over who would lead them. See, remember last time before Jovian was emperor, there were generally a lot of people that were saying, no, <laughs> not, not me. me. No, you, you get less of a sense of that this time. Maybe they're okay. closer to home, they're not surrounded by the enemy. <laughs> that sure was like a hopeless situation. Yeah. They're stone's throw from finally getting back to Constantinople. Oh. So is it, I, I feel more people wanted the job okay. at this point. So someone pulls out the dusty family tree. They have a look at it. If anyone pointed out that Procopius was still around... There he is. ...and was technically next in line... Look! That's not recorded anywhere. He's just not mentioned. Oh, it but dropped I, off. <laughs> I'm guessing someone <laughs> must have done. If you remember last time, Procopius is the last of the Constantinians. Yes. Sort of, very sort of, several times very, removed yeah. cousin, very vaguely. They don't mention him. They stare at the list of dead people for a while until <laughs> someone points out that since they added that little post-it note with Jovian's name on it... <laughs> that then, right, get this, that opens us up to Jovian's extended family too. Oh, brilliant. Wonderful. So another post-it note was hastily put on next to the, <laughs> the post-it note with Jovian. Probably one of those little little tag ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a tiny little one. Just a little pointy at the end. Yes, with a name on it, Januarius. Who, says everyone? <laughs> who, who is this guy? He was a relative of Jovian who was in charge of the commissary department in Illyricum. <laughs> What's that? He was in charge of giving the troops their food Way. in Illyricum. Yeah, that, that was just silence on that. It's like, is, is that really the best we can do? person in charge of the mess hall. <laughs> he cleans the pots. He doesn't even give out the food. <laughs> 
Yeah, a- anyone else. So, it was quickly decided <laughs> that perhaps, although he was eligible, of course, of course he could do it. He's very eligible, but he's far too far away. We couldn't possibly choose him. Yeah. How, how, he's, he's three-tenths down. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> so, who else? Was it time, someone suggested, we just get rid of this family tree? Because it's been an embarrassment. <laughs> it's clearly not working. <laughs> Constantius killed everyone on it, and it doesn't work anymore. Perhaps a new dynasty is needed. Just pick someone that has the skill. Yeah. Someone that's good at fighting. A well-respected general. Yeah. Aquitius was mentioned. Hmm. The generals mauled it over, but no, no, he would not do. He's as... handed. <laughs> well, more than that, apparently, according to Ammianus. He did not find favour in the judgment of the more important authorities because he was rude and somewhat boorish. That's true, because all the emperors before this had been very, you know... Oh, so, so polite. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Who else? Silence. Eventually, I'm guessing this is three in the morning job here. <laughs> Either lots of coffee, lots of whiskey. Yeah, maybe a mixture of both. You've just Ooh, got a dear. mixture of people staring into their whiskey or just looking really wired. Yes. <laughs> and someone just goes, what about... Everyone looks hopeful. Yeah. Finally, yeah. this meeting can end. Valentinian. Who? Yeah. You know, the one whose father was a traitor. And then he didn't chase the barbarians down under Barbatio. Uh, Jovian's father-in-law was killed under his protection. You know him? Um... He leads a division at the moment. But we left him behind in Ansira because we didn't want him here. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> you haven't sold him well, but yeah. And at this point, everyone just goes, you know what? It's three in the morning. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. We'll have him. Right, one last coffee to celebrate. No! <laughs> no, don't give him any more coffee. Yeah. yeah. Let's go for him. He'll do. I have no idea. I tried to look into this. I. Why was he chosen? His history up to this point does not seem good. Meh. There's obviously some internal politics going on that we're just not aware of here. Mm. Ammianus himself writes during the paragraph before he describes the choosing of Valentinian that he was purposely leaving out some small details here. Yeah. As he says, partly to escape the unreasonable critics of the work which I am composing, who cry out as if wronged, if one has failed to mention what an emperor said at a table, and many similar matters, which are not in accordance with the principles of history, for it is wont to detail the highlights of events, not to ferret out the trifling details of unimportant matters. (laughs) Now, I just read that. As Amianus knows exactly why Valentinian's chosen, <laughs> but it's a little bit embarrassing. There's a bit of scandal going on, mm. so he didn't feel he could comment on it. What do you think the scandal was? Oh. What do you think Valentinian's got in his closet? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's linked to the mermaid wife. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe that's frowned upon. Maybe. It's division between the mermaids and the Romans at the time. Right? Yes, yes. Well, ever since the Shell War, being uh, yes. very tense between the marine life and the Romans... Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't forget the starfish uprising. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what Amianus does say about Valentinian's rise is this. Under the inspiration of the powers of heaven, Valentinian was chosen without a discerning voice as being fully up to the requirements and suitable. He's alive and he can fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one else wants it. <laughs> He's relatively close 
and it's three in the morning. <laughs> He'll do. Yeah. So he was sent for. The troops were assembled. Rumour of his ascension was starting to spread. Not everyone's happy at this point. The troops start to mutter. Is this emperor going to be any good? After all, this is the fourth emperor within three years. They really needed some stability at this point. That's better than the year for emperors. Yeah, not too bad. So, Valentinian stands up in front of the troops to start his speech, but he was soon interrupted by the soldiers en masse demanding that he appoint a co-ruler immediately. According to the troops, this is the only way the Empire can be safe. As I've mentioned before, by this point, they're used to having multiple rulers. True. It's what's seen as the sensible thing to do. But it had never worked. Well, if you look at it recently, Constantius was the sole ruler, Julian was the sole ruler, Jovian was the sole ruler. It hasn't worked out well for them. Good point. Yep. Valentinian manages to calm the troops down slightly and says this to them. I beg you, listen with friendly ears while I tell you in simple words, because that's all you can cope with, (laughs) what I think is best for the common welfare. That to meet all chances, necessity demands the choice of a colleague with equal powers. At the demands of much varied reasoning, I neither doubt or dispute. Fortune, I hope, will give me, after careful search, a man of sober character. So no drunkard. No. <laughs> so as Valentinian saying to the troops, of course I'll choose someone. Not right away, because I need to spend time to choose a sensible person. He's a politician already, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> this placated the troops enough that he was officially declared emperor. Only now he needed to find a colleague. Amianus then reports that he retired to his tent, surrounded by loyal troops. Hmm. And then, somewhat ominously, ends this chapter with, He was already an object of fear. Is he, is he quite good? There's, there's nothing to indicate he's an object of fear so far in Amianus's report, but he just suddenly dumps that in there. Is he mental? Um, you're, you can judge that. Don't get your hopes up too much, though, because I don't want to dash yeah, anything. Right. But... Yeah. <laughs> I miss the days of Caligula. It's the best we've seen for a while, though. Oh, good. Yeah. So, the army marches onwards, still aiming for Constantinople, having gone through two emperors since they left. Still trying to get home. (laughs) One road trip, two emperors. Yeah. On the way, Valentinian gives some thought to who his colleague is going to be. He asks for some advice from his advisors. That's what they're there for. One of his advisors, a wonderfully named Dagalife, or Dagalife. Dagalife, or... That's, that's a rapper name, isn't it? Dagalaif. Yes, it's a good name, isn't it? Yeah. So, Dagalaif answers thus. If, Emperor, you love your relatives, you have your brother. If it is the state that you love, seek out another man to clothe with the purple. And I'm guessing then everyone nodded very sagely to each other, remembering the wise choice of Diocletian, choosing talent over family. Valentinian nods very sagely as well. Very wise words. You're absolutely right. I do have a brother. And then he chooses his brother. Of course he does. Yeah. Goes completely against all the recommendations. He's just going to put Valens as his co-emperor. By the time they reach the capital, Valens is paraded in front of the troops. Valentinian proudly declares that his brother will rule with him. Nice. So they stay in Constantinople for a bit. They both get severely ill for a few weeks, Ooh. which put a bit of a damper on things, but then they both recovered. So it's fine. A hangover. Yeah, probably just a hangover. 
But one of those ones where you don't admit it's a hangover. Oh, it's no. definitely a flu. Yeah. Yeah. The food is the kebab I ate last night. Yeah. I think the pint was off. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> yes. Nothing to do with the other seven I had. <laughs> All 12 of those pints must have been off. Because yeah. they tasted a bit weird at the time. But I didn't say anything. So they wanna... <laughs> yeah. So after a massive hangover, they've travelled further west into the Danube area. Remember, this is where they originally come from. So they head home, essentially, probably just oh. to settle matters. And then they sit down over a map and decide who gets what. Oh, this number goes well. <laughs> well, this is interesting, isn't it? We've got two brothers. Hmm. We've seen this before. Yeah. But these brothers actually like each other. What? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't they... understand. You said that again. You know how sometimes you like a person mm. and you don't argue with them and try and plot their downfall and eventual death? No. Well, if you could imagine that situation, that's how okay. they feel towards each other. All right. They don't want to see each other in abject misery. I don't understand. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird concept yeah. to get your head around, Gosh. but they, they don't. It's quite amazing. Goodness me. Valentinian, being the senior emperor here, gets the final say. He has very strong connections in the West. That's where he'd done yeah. all his fighting to begin with. Their family estate is in the Danube area, and he had fought in Gaul himself for many years. So, despite the West being by far the less prestigious of the two halves at this point, and despite it not having Constantinople, Valentinian actually opts for the West. Oh, if you get close to that. Yeah, that makes sense. So he gives Constantinople and the richer East to his mm. brother to look after. So, Valens heads off. They separate. We're going to leave Valens there. He's trotting off to the next episode. <laughs> See you later. So, Valentinian had no time to settle. Despite Julian doing a decent job in the area a couple of years before, mm-hmm. he had not, despite what some of our fans have said to us, completely sorted the area out. Yes, we have had some some messages, still debates over whether we were too harsh on Julian. Not at all. No, um, um, we're sticking by it. Yes, the area was a bit of a mess still. Julian had had done a decent job, especially since Constantius was obviously working against him internally, but he had far from settled the region. In my head, he's just like a sweeping... Let's just, it's, it's like when you... Um, you'd never do this, but if you're sanding a wall to get the paint off, no one would ever do that. Just stick with me. <laughs> okay. um, and, and you take off most of the paint, you get off all the rough bits, but it's still yeah. the patches there. Yeah. That, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it's like. But by the time Valentinian gets there, all the paint's grown back. This metaphor's falling apart. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) what I'm trying to say here is that due to the fact the Imperial presence hasn't been there for some time, the Alamanni were now overrunning Gaul yet again. So Valentinian heads off to Paris. It's time to sort this out. Once and for all. On the 1st of November, 365... Valentinian receives two letters. Roger! Letter number one! A huge force of Alamanni have just crossed over the Rhine and have started to devastate the region. Not good. No. But not unexpected. Yeah, I was kind of of expecting that. Number two. Procopius is now emperor in Constantinople. What? Your brother may well be dead. Reports are a little bit confused. Oh... (laughs) That silly puts it down on next episode. That's true. <laughs> well, I I could go into what happens there, but I'm just going to leave it as a little teaser. Uh, ooh, ooh. Yes, for ooh. next episode. What we do know, however, is Valentinian immediately sends Dagalaif off to take on the Alamanni 
while he goes to either rescue or avenge his brother's death. Nice. So he's genuinely upset by that. And also... Yes. However, his advisors and friends were unanimous in attempting to change his mind. They, and I quote, advised, nay begged him, not to give up gold to the savages who threatened destruction, and not under that pretext to abandon provinces which needed strong support. So it's a tricky situation, because he, he obviously needs to restabilise the West region, or Gaul. Yeah. Or France, as they call it now. But if the reports are true, from the East, he needs to stabilise that region. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't he's, it? He's a bit stuck. Their convincing does eventually work, however, and I quote again, after giving careful thought to what was expedient, he followed the view of the majority, often repeating that Procopius was only his own and his brother's enemy, but the Alamanni were the enemies of the whole Roman world. Oh, that's so logical. I know, I know. So that's... annoying. But I think that's a little, little tick in the pro column for him. Yeah. I think he made a sensible choice there. Yeah, he's... um. Logical reasoning rather than emotional. But he has that emotional response to begin with that shows he's not cold. Yes. But he pulls himself back. Yeah, this seems to be a, a high point. <laughs> However, <laughs> once he decided to stay, things do not start off too well. First of all, he sent his general, Charito. Charito. <laughs> Completely butchering that. Uh, you can have a go at pronouncing that name. Caretio. <laughs> we'll call him Cheeto. Yes. Yes. So, he sends his general Cheeto to go and meet up with the elderly but respected general Severus. These two armies join up. They approach the Alemannic army. And I quote, But the forces came to close quarters and fought with drawn swords. Our men's lines were broken by the foe's fiercer onset and found no means either of resisting or of acting bravely. And when they saw Severus who had been thrown from his horse and pierced through by a missile. They were all terrified and put to flight. Cheeto attempts a last stand and succeeds. It was indeed his last stand. Oh. Because he was soon dead. Along oh. with Severus. Oh. So the two generals both die. They lose most of the men. That's an sandwich of win to me. It's because it was actually a loss. Ah, yes. <laughs> that explains it. Yes. News reaches Valentinian. He was horrified. So he sends out Dagaleaf to attempt to salvage the situation. But it was too late. The army was in tatters. Dagaleaf soon returns to say he was unable to even mount an attack. The Romans are too weak. Wow. This is looking very bad. So, Valentinian then spends some time trying to regroup as much as possible, eventually scrapes a second army together, this time under Jovian. Huh? Yes, there's a third Jovian. Well, The army's littered with Jovians, apparently. <laughs> this is another Jovian, so not the one that was killed in a well, or the Emperor. It, it, it must be a very common name, like Steve. Yes, I'm guessing so. <laughs> Which is explains the confusion when Jovian was first declared Emperor. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, this time, the result was better for Rome. The two sides meet in battle. They fight for hours until night finally falls to call it a draw. I wonder who decides. Do they both hire a referee, both armies? I think what you do in that in circumstance is you wait till the sun rises and then you count the dead. Oh. Or, in this case, you wait till the sun rises and realise that the Alamanni have retreated back over the Rhine and therefore you declare victory. Oh, OK. Yes. Have they done that? That's exactly what happens. Oh, brilliant. Yes. 
In fact, the Alamanni, despite having three times as many men as the Romans, did retreat. Oh, that's quite a good victory, then. Yes, so this one went all right for them. It's not too bad. For Valentinian, though, this was just the start. The start <laughs> of his lifelong ambition, which was to show Johnny Alamanni a thing or two. Excellent. Yes. He really takes this personally. And we're going to see this throughout the episode. He was going to launch an attack deep into their land and kill them all. He was busy preparing for this invasion when another letter comes through. Hello, sir. They've lost Britain. What? Yes. <laughs> Where did you last see it? There a few minutes ago. No one's on my boat. Turn around. It's really gone. <laughs> no one's really been watching Britain for some time. Constantine the Great liked the place, if you remember. He was proclaimed emperor in York. But since then, it's been pretty much ignored. Mm. Yeah. The leaders of the tribes living near Britain realised this and started to plot and scheme Ooh. like only bad guys can. That's true. And this is the very grandly named Great Conspiracy. The Great Conspiracy is essentially when the leaders of the Picts in Scotland, the Scots in Ireland, the Saxons in Germany, and the Franks in Germany... No one knows where they're supposed to be at this point. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> Come on, guys. All meet up in secret, pass messages to each other while the Romans aren't looking, and they all decide that if they all attack Britain, this relatively weak province at the same time, <laughs> the Romans won't be able to cope. That's probably true. It's very true. They're separated. Yes. They were completely correct in their assumptions. The Picts and the Scots pour in from the north. Saxons and the Franks looted towns along the coasts of Gaul, cutting off the island completely. Oh dear. Valentinian was forced to delay his invasion of the Alamanni and sent Severus to sort out Britain. Wasn't he dead? Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> this is either a different Severus. Right. The reports of his death were somewhat... Exaggerated. Exaggerated. <laughs> Or it's a corpse on a horse. Oh, a corpse on a horse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Send him anyway. Yeah, he'll do. Maybe... Inspire the troops. <laughs> Maybe it's a case of he turns around to his generals, I need a volunteer to go to Britain, and all the generals take a step back. And Severus, who they've not bothered burning yet, <laughs> is still, still in the seat. Lopped over. <laughs> yeah. Severus, you'll do. Perfect. So no one told him. <laughs> Some good backbone you've got there. Uh, he's just stiff, sir. <laughs> That's rigor mortis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you will be shocked to learn that dead Severus on his horse <laughs> was very soon recalled. <laughs> the retaking of Britain was really not going very well. So they give up but on Severus. <laughs> Maybe they didn't even set off. Yeah. Just Valentinian shouting at Severus, Go! Go for Rome! Go! Come on! Come on, Just Severus! Plops off the side of his horse. <laughs> his oh. arm rolls off. Oh. Yeah. Why is he green? <laughs> so, it was decided, actually, that Jovian would actually be a better general. This is the fourth one or the third one? This is the third Jovian. Third one. The one that had just beaten the Alamanni. Yeah, okay. That sounds a better choice. Yeah. So, there we go. Jovian's now in charge. He sets off, but very soon sends a report back to the Emperor, saying there is no way we can take Britain back unless you send a lot more men. Yeah. 
Valentinian, again, not impressed. He's very rarely impressed. So he turns to one of his most trusted generals. This is a man named Theodosius. I've heard that name before. This is not the future emperor, Theodosius. Oh. But it is his father. Oh. Yes. This is Emperor Theodosius, who we will come across relatively soon, and it's his dad. And to make sure confusion does not arise, he is quite often referred to as Count Theodosius. Oh, fantastic. Which I can only assume means that he was most definitely a vampire. Yes! <laughs> yes, he was. So we, we already had the zombie Severus trying to attack. Had <laughs> the mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Count Theodosius That's is brilliant. sent off to Britain with reinforcements. So he heads off to the channel in 368, or as Amianus puts it, that most energetic leader hastened to the world's end. Or... Yes. Yeah. Well, coast of France. Yeah. He looked across the channel where, and I quote, the spacious land opposite is separated only by a narrow, narrow space of sea, want in turn to swell with dreadful surges. Tsunamis and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, because it was really hard to cross. Yeah. You'll be pleased to know, though, that the Count crosses without incident. In a coffin on a boat. Yeah, or he just flew. Or just floated across, walked across. Yeah, or turned into fog. Yes! Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> and hid the boats so they could yeah. get over. Perfect. And all the men were hidden in the fog. Oh, it's a yeah. wonderful attack manoeuvre. Yeah, so he, he crosses and heads straight to London. Once there, he realised there were two problems. Well, he realised there's hundreds of thousands of problems. They're all carrying swords. <laughs> but he managed to group that into problem number one. Right. There were all these invaders travelling around in packs, pillaging and looting everything they saw. Hmm. The second problem, which was just as bad, is the fact that most of the Roman soldiers stationed in Britain had seen this and decided, that looks fun, oh. and just joined them. There was no Roman army anymore. They'd pretty much all deserted. So, the Count does two things. Number one, to counter problem one, he splits his army up into tiny groups, making them fast but more organised than the barbarians. Group number one! Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yes. Plan number two! Ha, 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 ha. Plan number two was that he announced all the troops could return to their posts with no punishment. And this works perfectly. The deserters realised the gig was up anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun for a while, wasn't it? But it's it's best to go home now. It's like being at work when your boss is away for the day. Yeah. And then he comes back at the end. And, and you realise, well, we could carry on just not doing any work, but we should probably do some work. <sighs> yeah. So the soldiers start coming back in dribs and drabs. <laughs> Lots of them with a candlestick under their arm or a pig or something. <laughs> what? No, oh, no, no, I always had this. I, I didn't. Steal this. Is that a Van Gogh? <laughs> yeah. So this had twofold effect. One, there were more soldiers, and two, there were now fewer people looting the countryside. That's true. Yeah. So Britain eventually was pacified and uh. it's back in the empire. It's wonderful again. The Count pats himself on the back, renames the north of Britain Valentia, and toasts himself to a job well done. Nice. Yes. However, during this victory, which is all under the name of Valentinian, of course, oh, cool. despite the fact it was the Count, the Emperor himself was dying. What? Yes. He had some, suddenly become sick, 
and those close to him started to think about succession. A man named Rusticus, good names in this episode, (laughs) described by Ammianus as, and I quote, a man whose bestial thirst for human blood verged upon madness. Another vampire. (laughs) Yeah, or or a minotaur or something. Yes, maybe a minotaur. (laughs) (laughs) This man who was verging upon madness was holding some polite meetings with some other powerful men. Suggesting that perhaps he should be next emperor. I can't imagine their polite meetings. No, whilst he was gnawing on the carcass of a man. (laughs) (laughs) Just a whole dead goat on the table while he's talking. Every now and again, head into the stomach and ripping ripping something out. Yeah. Blood-covered face. As I was saying, I've got some brilliant plans for the economy. Squelch, squelch, munch, munch. Rip, tear. (laughs) Yeah. So that was one faction. Another faction rose and put forth, get this, Severus, <laughs> as the next top man. Um. <laughs> this is either the original dead Severus, yeah, whose death was exaggerated, or it's the second Severus. Nope, dead Severus. We're still going for dead Severus. <laughs> either way, it's, it's another Severus. He'd be a great idea. He's a great listener. <laughs> yes. Doesn't interrupt. He was not a well-liked man. He's starting to smell. Um, <laughs> but according to Amianus, he was easier to bear than Rusticus in every way. <laughs> yeah, Rusticus was obviously not a good man. <laughs> so this was all set up to be a full-on power struggle, when Valentinian suddenly sits up and asks why everyone looks so tense. Valentinian makes a full recovery. Yay, goodness. But was less than pleased when he found out that his court had almost split planning a coup. Well, it's not. It's planning a succession. Well, coup, succession. He was still alive. Yeah, but you've got to plan it in advance. He came out of his room and just went, I had a runny nose. Come on, guys. <laughs> Stop my toe. So he realises he's got to do something. Something drastic. He declares that his now eight-year-old son, Gratian, was now joint emperor. Not Caesar, but joint emperor. So that's the same with Valens as well. Yes, we are now in a triarchy. Not that anyone ever calls it that, but that's essentially what we're in. Right, I'm now going to tell you something, and I have no idea when this happens. And I'd usually leave this for a probium crasium. Yeah. But this is too good to wait till the end. So I'm just going to say it happened now. Okay. I have no basis for this, but I'm going to say it happened now. Go for it. He was given a present. So, I, in my head, it's a well done, you didn't die from your illness, have a present. present. <laughs> little card. Yes. Yeah. The little card, and he opened it first, because he was that kind of man, and then he turned to the box, and inside the box was, and I quote, two savage man-eating she-bears. <laughs> One called Goldflake, <laughs> and the other Innocence. <laughs> He looked after them with such extreme care that he placed their cages near his own bedroom and appointed (laughs) trustworthy keepers who were to take particular care that the beast's savageness should not, by any chance, be destroyed. So we kept just some rabid bears. (laughs) Yes, in cages. Goldflake and innocent. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no way I couldn't have that image not in your head whilst we went through the rest of the episode. (laughs) Do you think when he came down, there's like um, it's like a little card, and you just just see him pick up the card and just some growling and banging on the side. 
<laughs> opens the card, smiles nicely. Oh, wonderful. Then walks over. There's just like a, a big, you know, when you bring a, a hamster home in a little cardboard box with holes in? Yeah. <laughs> that's being ripped apart by two massive yeah. bears. <laughs> Grabbing one of the guards. <laughs> yeah. That's the guards being eaten alive. Gold flakes coming to light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that one gnawing on the Praetorian Prefect. Um, innocent. Innocent, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so, there we go. He's got a couple of bears. It's brilliant. I love this. This is one of these when you're doing your research and you think, how have I never known that? Yeah. I've never come across the fact that Valentinian owned two savage she-bears. <laughs> <laughs> this is as good as Caracalla's Mr. Stabby. Yeah. Only better. Yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> yes. If they're not made like generals, I'm really angry. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> Take back the East. <laughs> so remember, he's just recovered from his illness and he's got his bears. Perhaps this brush with death has inspired him. Perhaps he was worried about how the Count in Britain was looking really tough at the moment. And he wasn't. He He was ill. And what fighting had he done so far? So he decides to finally actually do some campaigning for himself. You notice so far he's just sent his generals. That's true. Yes. So in 368, he and his son cross the Rhine and finally manage to attack the Alamanni. He's been meaning to do it for a while. It's been a lot easier now, two bears. <laughs> yeah. The Alamanni have been waiting for this retaliation for some time. To begin with, they're all tense and scared. Yeah. And then it was just a... Was <sighs> come in... And eventually, it's like, fine, let's stop hiding. And like, oh no, he's going, he's got bears! He's got bears! <laughs> Two of them! Yeah. Away. To begin with, Valentinian encounters no one at all. There's no resistance. So they're able to merrily burn and loot all the villages they find. Yeah. Which is wonderful. However, eventually they do bump into a large Alemannic force. It was a tough battle. Oh. It was a long battle, but the Romans finally come out on top. Just about. A truce was called between them. The Romans did well enough that they could claim victory. And the Alamanni head back home yeah. with their tails between their legs. Valentinian goes back to Paris to celebrate. Feeling confident, Valentinian then orders the construction of several forts along the Rhine. It's time to get this sorted. Let's actually build some decent defences, he thinks. Which yeah. is all very sensible. It would have been fine. However, the forts he ordered to be built were built on the Alamanic side of the Rhine. Um, that doesn't seem logical to me. Mm, well, I see to a point, but you want the barrier of the river first, then your forts, right? Yeah, well, I don't get the impression these are river, then fort right there. He's pushing into the Alamanni territory okay. significantly. Okay. This is essentially invading in all but yeah. name. The Alamanni were not happy at all. Fathers of the hostages that the Romans were keeping after the battle they've just done were sent as envoys and pleaded that the forts were unnecessary. You don't need to be building on our land. Build on your own land. We won't fight anymore. Valentinian refuses to even listen to them. Ooh. The envoys were sent home, fearing the worst for their sons and feeling a building resentment, shall we say. Once they got back home, that resentment had boiled into a fury. And I quote, scarcely had they left the place when a band of barbarians who were awaiting the reply to be made dashed from a neighbouring hill, attacked our soldiers who were half nude and carrying earth, and quickly drawing their swords to, to cut them down, and with them also both their leaders were slain. Not a single man survived to tell what had happened, except 
one. So lots of naked Roman soldiers were killed? Yes, the Alamanni attacked the Romans building the forts. The Romans building the forts, for some reason, weren't expecting to be attacked whilst building a fort in enemy territory. And were doing it nude. Half nude. Which half? (laughs) (laughs) Full armour on top. (laughs) I just like the freedom of movement. (laughs) Yeah. Swing around. (laughs) Or do you think the right side? Maybe the right side. Right half. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and only one man survived. We obviously know who that is. It was Jeff. (laughs) This one soldier, who we are deciding was Jeff, managed to escape. He was allowed to go free to tell the Emperor what had happened. Don't build forts in our land anymore. (laughs) Well, they just thought he's so pathetic that (laughs) I'm not going to waste my time killing him. Yes, so he returns to Valentinian and delivers that message. I would like to be him. No. The soldier was cast out of the army for not dying and giving up. Oh, poor Jeff. Poor Jeff. I'm going to say he was actually killed. He was executed. Oh. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. Fed to one of the bears. Yes, he was fed to the bears. Or half, half each. Yeah. <laughs> they could fight over him. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, at least his son can join the army soon. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Valentinian then decides to use a bit of cunning... Ooh, yes. like a fox. Like a fox. He sends words to the Burgundians. The Burgundians are the enemy of the Alamanni and are roughly right next to them across the Rhine. Yay. And he suggests to the Burgundians that if you went and attacked your rivals right now, Rome would be pleased. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. The Burgundians immediately send envoys to Rome saying, yeah, we might be interested. But um, what what does nudge nudge wink wink mean exactly? You would have our gratitude. But what, what does gratitude actually mean? We'll give you loads of cash. Well, what we want to know is, will you help us in battle? Ah. <laughs> are you just going to leave us out to dry here? When you say you'll be pleased, are you actually going to come and fight them with us? Fair question. The envoys were shown to an official, who probably said something along the lines of, Yes, we will offer... Moral support, if you know what I mean. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. The Burgundians were fed up by this point. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But just give us a straight answer and demanded to meet Valentinian. Valentinian, in what's becoming a trend now, refused to meet the barbarians. If Rome joined them in fighting, the Burgundians said, we have something to talk about here. But if you expect us to do your fighting for you, we will leave now. So an appointment was eventually set up. But Valentinian did not turn up to it. Ooh. The Burgundians set off in a big huff. You would. Feeling somewhat slighted and very angry about how they've been treated. This is just ridiculous for Valentinian in my mind. Yeah, that... Just just give them a straight answer. They're willing to do it. He's still a politician, he won't say... Yeah. (laughs) Just give an answer. However, maybe this was... The idea all, all along, luckily for Valentinian, the mere fact that the Romans and the Burgundians were in talks with each other was enough to scare the Alamanni enough that they scattered. The Count, who was back in Gaul by this point, he's come back from Britain, was able to track down the smaller groups and inflict a lot of damage on the Germanic tribes. So Count Theodosius is now riding up and down 
on his giant bat, <laughs> killing the Alamanni. Adding to his undead army. Yes. Valentinian and Count Theodosius fight for four more years against the Alamanni, who had mainly by this point united under the Alamannic king Macrian. Yeah, okay. So things get a bit fighty for a while. However, the campaign was slowed when bad news comes from Africa. A general named Firmus has revolted against the African Count Romanus. Valentinian knows he's got to sort this out. But before sending anyone off to sort this out, he starts to hear a lot of rumours about Romanus. So Romanus is the person in charge of Africa at the moment. Okay. Firmus is a general in Africa revolting against Romanus and therefore against Rome. But there are Romanus rumours. There are Romanus rumours. One story of the commanding general in Africa did not please Valentinian at all. One of the tribes, the Osterani... G'day! (laughs) Yes, bunch of Australians. They were (laughs) before they settled in Australia. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) of course. So there's a bunch of Australians near the province of Africa... And this was obviously a constant threat. (laughs) But they were at the moment peaceful. A member of this tribe named Staccio... Do that in an Australian accent. Staccio. Staccio. I can't do an Australian Australian accent. Yeah, it's true. Staccio. What's an Australian name? Bruce. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So a member of this tribe named Staccio... Bruce. (laughs) Statue Bruce? Yes. Yes. Or Bruce Statue, last name. Bruce Statue, yeah. <laughs> Italian ancestry. <laughs> yes. Anyway, he'd wandered into the Roman territory and set up in one of the t- towns. General emigration kind of thing. Yeah. He was finding his fortune. We don't know the truth behind what happened next or the full details, but we do know he was charged of treason against Rome, found guilty, and burnt at the stake. Ooh. Not good. The Austriani were outraged. Struth. That's what they said. Statio was not a Roman. How could he commit treason? True. They swooped into the province en masse, approached the town, and, fearing the town's walls, spent several days burning all the farms and slaughtering anyone left outside the protection of the city. Mm. They did not take this kindly. No. Please ask questions first. Like, what, why, did you, what, why did you do it? These were not. Ask questions first, kind of people. Okay. No. They were burn everyone on sight, kind of people. Oh, fair yes. Once they were finally gone, the town cried for help from the newly appointed commander in Africa, Romanus. Romanus, sure enough, arrives swiftly and tells the town not to worry. He would avenge them and bring back any people taken. Big sigh of relief goes round. Then they notice Romanus is still standing there. When we plan on going? So, anything you, anything you needed? Ah, well, since you mention it, says Romanus. Oh. Four thousand fully equipped camels, please. The people of the town were stupefied. What? It's like we, you look around. We've just been raided. We've got nothing. Give me some sand. <laughs> what do you want from us? The barbarians have taken everything. Romanus does a big exaggerated shrug of the shoulders yeah. and marches away. Oh, what a, what a, what a git. Rumour is then told to Valentinian that Romanus was now walking around the towns of the province he was supposed to protect, saying things along the lines of, nice town you've got there, very raidable. 
it'd be a shame if a barbarian horde swooped down and destroyed your very way of lives. If you get my meaning. If the towns didn't pay up, Romanus would then actually send word to the barbarian tribes just to say, by the way, guys, if you would happen to attack this town, uh, I'll probably be busy elsewhere. So we've got to the point where the person in charge of protecting Africa is actually ordering barbarians to attack the towns. That's not good. It's really not good, is it? Eventually, a general named Firmus had enough of this and revolted against Romanus, the lawful ruler of the province. And this was when word was finally sent to Valentinian. Valentinian sent someone to investigate. Now, this is a long and detailed story. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to cover it in detail. But if you want to look into it, it's all in Amianus. To cut a long story short, the first person Valentinian sends comes back saying, yeah, everything's fine. Valentinian is... Suspicious, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So send, sure? send someone else, and they come back and go, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all fine. But the rumour mill is still working full speed, and it was saying that Romanus was bribing anyone who came near him. So Valentinian turns to his trusted commander, Count Theodosius, oh. to go and put the revolt of Firmus down, but also just have a look at Romanus. What is he up to? Count Theodosius was not bribable. Vampire. He's a vampire. What does he, he want? He doesn't like silver. Yeah, exactly. Is that werewolves? Maybe he doesn't like silver anyway. Yeah. Who knows? So, straight away, he gets into the province, takes one look around, realises what's going on, and has Romanus arrested. <laughs> but what to do with Firmus? He had revolted against a dishonest commander who was doing harm to Rome. But he had revolted. Oh. Count Theodosius was ordered to hunt him down and kill him. The fight between them was not quick, and many, many Romans died over many months. Maybe Firmus was a a werewolf. Firmus was a donatist, one of the donut religious people, if you remember that from an episode a few months back. Holes or no holes. Yes. Remember, in Africa, we've still got that religious struggle going on. Count Theodosius is an anti-Aryan Christian. Oh... The two of them do not see eye to eye, so unfortunately this fighting takes a religious tone very quickly, and a sort of mini-civil war starts breaking out. Eventually, though, Firmus was betrayed by one of his own supporters and commits suicide. Meanwhile, back in Gaul, Valentinian is still planning to take out the Alamanni once for all. He does love a bit of Alamanni killing. He does. But there's something happening in the Danube that will soon demand his attention. Valentinian had carried on with his defensive strategy of building fortifications in the barbarian's land. Yeah. It had worked so well with the Alamanni, he oh, thought, yeah. let's continue that around the bend and along the Danube. So he started building forts in Quadai territory. Mm-hmm. The Quadai, just like the Alamanni before them, are utterly outraged by this and did their best to undermine the building. Now, we don't have any details. It doesn't look like there was out-and-out fighting, but it does like there look like there was sabotage going on. And these <laughs> forts being built in Quadai territory just were not being built, frustrating the high-up officers yeah. in Rome. Do you think it's sort of like um, Home Alone sort of sabotage? I think so. Yeah, Lots of heating up the nails so they're super hot. Yes. So when they pick up a nail to hammer in, they... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they release the truck that's holding all the, the, the logs on and wood, and it just rolls down. 
And then there's people running over the top of them as they're going underneath their feet and yes. trying to <laughs> grab onto something. But... Yeah. All of that's going yeah. on. It's just a mess. It's <laughs> it's turning into a slapstick comedy show. It's just not working. So, the Praetorian Prefect of Gaul organised that his son, Massilinus, be put in charge of building the forts. A new man is in charge. Yay. He swaggers into the Quadi territory, orders that the forts be built quicker and to time. <laughs> So, how wise, sir? Never considered that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no defensive strategy, you just build faster. Yeah, you get the impression it was one of those. He just comes along and says, do your jobs properly, and then settles down. Yeah. Yeah. There's Very certainly important. no change in strategy at all at this point. It's just the people building the forts are told off. Get on building the forts. They weren't like that. Well, the Quadi realise there's a new man in charge. Maybe Massalinus will be more reasonable. Maybe they could talk to him. And it would appear that he was. Massalinus invited one of the Quadi kings to dine with him and discuss the building of these forts. However, and I quote, As he was departing after the feast and, and suspected no treachery, Massalinus, with abominable violation of the sacred duties of hospitality, had him murdered. That's not fair. Yeah, it's really not. It's <laughs> so the Quadi king had his nice meal, but then Massalinus just killed him. Marcellinus was sending a message. Do not mess with Rome. We are building these forts. You cannot stop us. And he thought to himself, job well done. The Quadi will now cower in fear. There's no way this can backfire. And he probably just went and had a snooze. Thank goodness the Quadi aren't in for revenge. And I quote. <laughs> The report the blood, of so the, blood. <laughs> the report of so atrocious a deed at once spread abroad on all sides and roused the Quadi and the tribes around them into madness. Weeping for the death of the king, they mustered and sent out devastating bands, which crossed the Danube while no hostility was anticipated, and fell upon the country people who were busy with the harvest. Most of them they killed, the survivors they led home as prisoners. We now have full on Quadi invasion. Yeah. Marcellinus retreated behind his walls. The area was overrun. Oh dear. This set off a chain reaction. The nearby Sarmatians, we've not heard from them for a no. while, decide, oh, if the Quad are invading, we're getting on some of this. Party! And they invade the neighbouring province of Moesa. However, there was a general in charge there at the time. It was Count Theodosius's son. Ooh. Theodosius. Ooh, I'll write his name down. And you can box him because he is future emperor, Theodosius. Yes. He was able to push the Sarmatians back. Moesia is saved. But it's not the way in Pannonia under Marcellinus. Reluctantly, word was sent to Valentinian. <laughs> oh dear. I might have made a blunder. <laughs> Oopsie. A king was killed. Details are sketchy. <laughs> the quad I aren't too happy. Please send help. <laughs> help, for the love of God, help. <laughs> Valentinian was not impressed. <laughs> he was forced yet again to abandon his favourite hobby, launching attacks on the Alamanni. He was forced to make peace with Macrian, the Alamannic king, yeah, and, set, and set off southeast towards the Danube frontier. Once he got there, he found Carnuntum practically deserted. However, after some stern words directed at practically everyone, <laughs> he soon not only had the leading Roman officers of the region in attendance, 
but also envoys from the Quad Eye. Okay. He basically stamped his feet until everyone arrived and explained themselves. <laughs> What's going on here? What the hell are you doing? The Quad Eye, when asked some sharp questions about what exactly they thought they were doing, responded quite reasonably. You guys were building fort in our land, and then you killed our king when he was a guest at your house. You just finished pudding. What what were you expecting to happen? We're not sure. Perhaps this is the first time Valentinian had heard the full story. <laughs> what? He was not pleased, shall we say. No. So he decides that the best thing to do here is to launch a full inquiry. Oh, not an inquiry. Oh, yes. An inquiry. It's very relevant to today as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> the question is, of course, who best to judge the son of a Praetorian prefect, Marcellinus, against the word of a group of barbarians. Ooh. Who could possibly judge this and be fair? Are we seeing the return of somebody? No. Oh, sorry to disappoint <laughs> Oh, no, it's not Athanasius. That would be great. Oh, that would be an amazing little thing. No, that would be great. No, someone like Athanasius might have been able to do some kind of a reasonable job, maybe. Yeah. No, Jeff. No, Jeff's dead, remember. He got oh. eaten by the bears. Roger. Roger's too professional. He doesn't pass judgment. He just delivers. <laughs> no, they decided the best people to judge a case between barbarians and a member of the Roman elite was to appoint members of the Roman elite oh, of course. to investigate. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be shocked to learn that according to the inquiry, Marcellinus was cleared of all charges, oh, of course. whereas the Quadi were found guilty of pretty much anything they could think of on the day. So there was only one thing to do. Valentinian had to go into the land of the Quadi and kill as many of them as they possibly could. It's only right, after all, they were guilty. The inquiry said so. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I quote, Valentinian then advanced, forcing the pace as far as occasion demanded, put to death without distinction of age all those who were still roaming about and were taken unawares by his sudden onset. They're not roaming about, they're barbarian about. Ah, that's a good point. Sorry. He burned, he burned the dwellings and returned without losing a man of those whom he had left with. He then retreated back to a town called Brikitio. Mm. Omen time. Omen time. Omen. It's been a while since we've had a good omen. Yeah. Yeah. I like a good omen. It was they're never good, that's triple. No, they're not. It was around this time that comets were seen in the sky. <gasps> Lightning hit the palace in Sirmium. As it probably does for most big buildings. Yeah, well, well, it set it on fire, apparently. I'll quote for this one. An owl perched on the top of the imperial bath <laughs> and uttered notes for tanning death. <laughs> death. Cuckoo, <laughs> 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 you'll die. Cuckoo, <laughs> death approaches. Cuckoo, <laughs> death. And it's I, a little and death owl. Yes. <laughs> and I carry on the quote. And no skillful hand could bring it down with arrows or with stones, although many vied with one another in eager attacks upon it. <laughs> These Romans just attacking this poor defence <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to think Valentinian's in the bath. <laughs> He's having his bath and owl comes in. The owl goes, what did he say? Kill it! Twenty soldiers run in with bow and arrows. <laughs> not, not now, not with the arrows. <laughs> Careful, you're firing those things. Yeah. So, death owl in his bath. Yep. <laughs> also, the emperor had a dream that his wife had bad hair. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> sure it'd be a sign of foreboding. Well, I, I quote, shall I? He had a vision as men often do in their sleep, i.e. a dream. <laughs> he saw his absent wife sitting with disordered hair. Yeah. <laughs> now, apparently, I will I'll continue. There's a kind of reason for this. It was possible to infer, as is anything, that she was his own fortune, on the point of leaving him in the garb of sorrow. What? <laughs> I had a dream about you had messy hair. I want a divorce. <laughs> what? No, it's not even that. I'm going to die. Oh. Yes, this is death omens. Because, that's right, Valentinian is about to die. Spoiler. Spoiler. So, let's find out how yes. he dies, shall we? Yes. Do you want to predict how he dies? Is it the bears? Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to with my bears. You, you can't change my mind. You're going for the bears. Let's see what happens. A group of quadi turn up at the camp. They're asking for peace. We're sorry that you invaded our land and killed our king. We're terribly sorry. <laughs> they offer to give the Romans young men to serve in the Roman army. They're willing to show that they were wrong. Please forgive us. Stop attacking us. <laughs> the envoys were shown into Valentinian's presence, who had actually decided to meet them this time. <laughs> and a they... terrible dream. <laughs> They began to grovel. The groveling soon became reasons for their actions, and that kind of turned into excuses. One of the envoys mentioned that the Quadi were not a whole uniform people, that certain tribes had taken upon themselves to attack Rome. It wasn't us. We're appalled by their behaviour. But then one envoy made a mistake. Oh. He mentioned that the tribes only attacked because Rome were building forts in their land and had killed one of their kings. I'm guessing this was done in a kind of muttering under your breath kind of yeah. thing. When the first one said, oh, we're so terribly sorry. It was rogue tribes did this. And the other mm. one's going, you killed a bloody king. I love that king. <laughs> Favourite king. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately for them, Valentinian heard this and was outraged. Had there not been an investigation, a thorough investigation <laughs> over this, and the judgment was the Quadi were to blame, how dare yeah. they question the judgment of the almighty emperor? Here's the report. Yeah, we Read got it. it written down. It's countersigned and everything. He was waving the report in their face, screaming at them when he died. They were sent there to kill him, weren't they? No. Paper cut. This <laughs> his own throat with a report. <laughs> I will quote. As if struck by a bolt from the sky, he was seen to be speechless and suffocating, and his face was tinged with a fiery flush. On a sudden his blood was checked, and the sweat of death broke out upon him. Then, that he might not fall before the eyes of a throng of the common sort, his body servants rushed to him, and led him into an inner chamber. There he was laid upon a bed, he felt the disease crushing him with a mighty force, and he knew that the fated end of his life was at hand. He tried to speak, or to give some orders, as was indicated by his gasps, but finally his strength failed him. His body was covered with livid spots, and after a long struggle for breath, he breathed his last. Poisoned? No. He was so angry, he had a stroke. Oh, wow. Yes. Because when you first started talking about it, I think it is like an aneurysm or a stroke. That's the first thing that went through my head. They talk about spots and things like, what, just like poison? Is it? 
I think that was just his body oh, reacting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he was just so angry. He was at uh, these barbarians. Blood, blood vessel in his yes, brain. Yes, something went in his brain, or he had a stroke. You're right. He could have been an aneurysm. We're not sure. It, but something happened. It was a very sudden, out of the blue death. That's the most sudden death we've had, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. the most, the most sudden kind of dramatic. Oh, what? Yeah. This this was just out of nowhere. No one was expecting this whatsoever. It was just a routine semi-routine meeting with some barbarians and he's just suddenly dies. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So there you go, that's Van Tunin. Okay. Okay, let's judge him. <laughs> Fightius Maximus. Okay, he grew up in the army. Yeah. He fought the Alamanni over the period of several years and managed to hold them back. Mm. That's good. He put down an uprising in Britain. Yeah. And he put down an uprising in Africa. He pushed back the Quadi. In fact, he was successful in everything he did militarily. But, no, do you agree with that? He was a good figurehead for most of it. It's only it's only till quite later on they actually got involved. But you know, Augustus did very similar things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ammianus is no fan of Valentinian. So no. our, our main source does not like him. But he does admit this: in war, whether offensive or defensive, he was most skillful and careful. A veteran in the heat and dust of the battlefield. In council, he was a foresighted pursuer of what was right, and a dissuader of wrong. Most strict in examining all ranks of military service. It's a fairly glowing report from a source that is actually fairly hostile to him. Yeah. So, yeah, not too bad. Yeah. I guess um, the, the only negative you could be about to talk about this. I think you're about to mention what I've said, but I've only got a tiny note on it. Lost so. Britain. Oh, no, I, I gained didn't it mention back. that. But you gained it back, so I think that pulls to a neutral. And, and that feels like it's something that's been building for, like, 20, 30 years anyway. Yeah, It's not yeah. an instant thing. It's so, happened during his time. No, you've, you've already mentioned my main negative, is he doesn't really get involved himself much. That's what Inga Augustus 10, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of passing it on to generals. Mm. But, that, but to be fair, that's what a good leader does. So I'm not, you know, although he is a trained soldier. But when you've got okay, Count okay. Theodosius... That's true. you got a vampire in the ranks, you're going to use him, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I would. So, yeah. He, he constantly would, so that's that's quite high. Yeah, I, I mean, it's nothing amazing. It's no. all defensive rather than offensive. Well, he was, although he was attacking the tribes all the time, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I suppose building forts in their land is a fairly offensive maneuver, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm going for eight. I'm not going to go quite that high, but it is fairly impressive. I'm only going to go for seven. Okay. Fifteen. Not bad. Approvium crazium. Right. It's best we've seen for a while. Good. But it, it's certainly not up there. I don't think. Well, let's let's see. Yeah, yeah, kill a bear. Well, let's start with the first one. Yeah. The bears. I mean, come on. He's getting points for the bears. And the fact he had somebody to keep them nasty as well. Yes, to keep them mean. <laughs> if I it, bear mean, just, like sharp them. stick. Oh, I was going to say like you know you just, just say words at them and like yeah. read them hateful literature or yeah. bad poetry. Yes. <gasps> Avant-garde jazz. Oh. Well, I've got a, a quote. I didn't do the whole bear quote earlier. I've saved a little bit here. Come, bear all. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Wait, I, Rob, I don't... can't bear your bad jokes. Yeah. Rob, don't, don't pause. <laughs> oh, so much fun to be had. Right, and I quote. Finally, after he had seen the burial of many corpses, 
of those whom innocence had torn to pieces. He allowed her to return to the forest unhurt, as a good and faithful servant, in the hope that she would have cubs like herself. Aww. So he released innocence back into the wild, <laughs> so she could kill more people. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got an image of like an idyllic sort of Disney landscape, like birds, rabbits, lovely thing. Set the bear loose. Yeah. A week later, everything's dead. <laughs> it's a big line of Romans and a big cage, and they're all stood around. Valentinian delivers a speech about how this is a brilliant day. His innocence will return to her home. They pull up the lid of the cage. <laughs> Savage is the first guy that she sees. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's running, screaming. <laughs> Apart from Valentinian, he's just got a nice smile on his face. A tear coming down. <laughs> She's finally home. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> There's the bears. <laughs> he's getting points for the bears. But there's more. He was a bit strict, shall we say. Oh, good. There was a young man who he hired to hold on to his hound during the hunt. His hand? His hound. Okay. Yes, during a hunt. But the dog managed to pull away from this young man because, and I quote, the animal in an effort to escape leaped at him in a rush and bit him. For that, he was beaten to death with cudgels and buried the same day. So, because... His dog bit the handler. The handler, handler let was... go because you would yes. to probably put his hands in front of his face. Yeah. Then the beat. handler was beaten to death. I wonder how many bear handlers were killed then. <laughs> well, by the bears probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't need to beat <laughs> yeah. them to death. <laughs> well, that's strict. Yeah. That's a bit mean. There's another one, and it's another quote. A man in charge of a smithy brought the emperor a breastplate, artistically embellished and expected a reward for it. But Valentinian ordered him to be put to death. What? Because the piece of iron armour had a little less weight than he had stipulated. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? It's, it's wonderful, the detail, the artistry. How, how did you match? Oh, oh, hang on a second, just pop it on the scales. What? Just I asked for a two kilogram. This is 1.9 kilograms. <laughs> Kill him. Yeah. There's more. One of his officers had been sent to another city to buy some horses for the legions. Horse supermarket? Yeah, he went to the, the horse supermarket and he picked some horses. Oh dear. <laughs> but the officer, when he was there, decided to exchange some of the horses. He spotted some of his horses he thought would work better. He did some of his own dealing. He used his initiative. Oh. He was stoned to death. Oh. Athanasius, not our wondering bishop. We're going to leave him out this week uh, because it's been a long episode. We'll come back to him for his fifth okay. exile. Uh, but just know he's, <laughs> he's doing stuff. Um, but this is a different Athanasius. This was a charioteer who had made a name for himself for his light-hearted jests. Oh, no. <laughs> he was threatened with being burnt alive if he did not stop cracking jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just really annoying. Maybe. Than... Do you think he was one of those, I say, I say, I say, my mother-in-law, <laughs> I will burn you <laughs> if you do not stop cracking jokes. <laughs> I'll burn you alive in front of your own children if you don't stop. So, um, yeah, he's a bit strict. You could, you could argue that. Mm. It was good saying. I mean, apart from the fact that he's obviously not 
utterly mad because he can control legions and provinces. There's nothing else, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I think he's a little bit crazy. I think he's a bit. A few anger problems. I mean, he died from an aneurysm from getting angry <laughs> yes. or a stroke. Yeah. He blew a blood vessel from being angry. That's that's. I'm putting that on the list as well. Yeah, I think you should. That's a good point. He was an angry man. Um, Six or seven, I can't decide. I, I'm giving a base five just for the bears. Because <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, then, and then I think all the others here get at least a couple more for the others. So I'm going to go for seven myself. I might match it then. Yeah, why not? Okay. 14. Success, Success ultimate. He kept a very vi- volatile region stable. Yeah. I quote here, he was very indulgent towards the provincials and everywhere lightened the burden of their tribunes. He was always timely in founding towns and establishing frontier defences. Some of them in dubious places, but (laughs) he was, and this is important, stained by the foul touch of no obscene feelings towards lewdness. So he wasn't lewd. It was like a Puritan style. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing, isn't but it? But that contradicts the fact that he ordered his soldiers to half-dress whilst building the, the fort. That's a good point. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so he seems to do quite sensible things. He cracked down on corruption in the Empire during his time, reducing the amount of land that can illegally be given away by bribes. <laughs> like, come on, guys, stop, stop this now. Despite all the religious turmoil that's recently occurred, things were relatively stable on the religious front. And I quote, he did not bend the necks of his subjects to his own beliefs by threatening edicts, but left such matters undisturbed as he found them. So he wasn't a religious fanatic, which is always nice. Yeah. Bad. And I quote, the greed for greater possessions without distinguishing right from wrong and of seeking advantages of various kinds through the shipwreck of others' lives, grew ever greater and became excessive in this empire. Got a bit nastier. Yeah, Valentinians realised that the empire was in trouble. Julian's loss was big. Yeah. The empire's in trouble here. They need to raise some money quickly. How do you raise money? You find the nearest rich Roman aristocrat and you accuse him of treason and take his cash. Yeah, it's a bit in the past. It works well, so why not? Did it raise money, though? It did. So it was a benefit of the Empire. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's nothing amazing in there. He's not reinventing Rome in some kind of glorious utopia, but he's not ruined the place. He's kept it strong and stable, and that's... <laughs> yes, he has. And that's... um. He's kept it strong and stable, and he's making sure it's for the many and not the few. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if you're you're not from England or the UK. <laughs> no. These and are one, political. One those, and one of those slogans won by now. So. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. What are you gonna go for? Um. A dignified seven. Oh, you're going as high as seven. I don't think I'm that high. I so. I'm just gonna go for six. Yeah. It's fairly so. It's fairly solid in all areas, really, isn't he's, it? He's doing well, actually. Yeah. He's not doing badly. So that is 13. Image of I've got a quote. His strong and muscular body, the gleam of his hair, his brilliant complexion, his grey eyes, with a gaze that was always sidelong and stern, his fine stature, and his regular features, complemented a figure of regal charm and majesty. Which is quite nice. 
That's very good, actually. You have decided to go for a stern-looking man next to a bear. Yeah. Well, that's what he looks like. Oh, that's angry. <laughs> oh, I like, oh. Look at the hair, though. My goodness. Yes, he's a... Top-heavy. Wow. He's a very stern, angry man. He is less, stern. Less so in his coin. And I should say now that the coin is definitely him, the bust is probably him. We don't know the bust is definitely him, but it's too good a bust to leave out. I like the bust. It, it matches his personality exactly. Yes. He looks like a Vulcan. He does appear. He's got very sharp features. Yeah, and the eyebrows, and the very, very pointed, angry eyebrows, and yeah. the hair. And... You could imagine yeah. him getting so angry he dropped down dead. Look, has he got an earring on? Is that an earring or is it just a massive ear? <laughs> I'm not sure. Chewed on by a bear in the past. <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fairly impressed with that. I, I think it matches him beautifully. Yeah. I'm going to oh. go for... What are you going to go for? Oh, I'm impressed. I'm going for nearly four. I'm going for nine. Good I'm, very I'm not as impressed, but I am impressed. I'm going to go for seven. So that is... Sixteen. What four, which is four. That is a four, a very healthy four. Image of Facius. Temple completed. So how long does he last? Um, I think several years. I'm guessing like eight years or something. Not bad. From 364 to 375. That is 11 years. I think Valentinian is an example of someone who just does all right across the board. Yeah. He's a... He's a... Yeah, there's there's nothing he stands out in, but he doesn't have a weak more, point. More so for crazy. Well, yeah. this guy's highest was for fighting, but he was undefeated. Yeah, you could argue. So that eleven gives him a score of one point three eight for his tempo completer. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He's got a good score. It is. He he is. He's just all round, all right, isn't he? So let's let's see if we add all those up in this. Oh, it's it's very close. Is it him and Augustus? Well, yeah, it's he is just behind Augustus. How is that possible? It's odd, isn't it? Because he doesn't stand out, but he doesn't have a weak point. Augustus he, created empire. He kept it stable. He was a good fighter. Yes, that's true. He was crazy. Did he do as good a fighting as Augustus? Oh, this is this is weird. Yeah, it is. It's the way we do our rounds. Is that he just happens. <laughs> He happens to be crazy but stable and good at fighting. And fairly successful. Yeah, in a time where the Empire is falling apart, as it has Mm. been for a long time, he does all right in it. And he has a cracking bust. He's got a good bust. And if you want to do well in this podcast, you can do a lot worse than hire two man-eating bears. (laughs) It just bumps your points up. To be fair, it does. (laughs) It really does. So... Yes, he has a final score of 47.38, which does put him just behind Augustus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> also puts him one, two, three, four, fifth place overall. We now have Aurelian at the top, then Constantine, then Diocletian, then Augustus, and then Valentinian, and then Trajan. I think he will be known as the most unusual name in our top ten. Quite possibly. Top five. <laughs> well, yes. he's not, Oh, my goodness. He's not usually... I mean, he's usually respected, but I don't think he's usually held in that high esteem. But I, I think we rationalised it. We explained why we were giving him those but, scores. But, yeah, I'm looking at those scores still, and I still don't think we've done anything wrong. So I think there's only one thing to discuss. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Let's do this. Do they have a certain 
Je ne sais We have not got a single person in their 40s and not get Je ne sais So we really will be... I think we need to ask ourselves, why shouldn't we give it to him? Where does he stand out? Well, that's the thing. Apart from the bears. That's the main reason I give it to yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> it honestly is. He doesn't stand out anywhere. There's nothing, one thing, where you go, that's amazing. No, very true. If it wasn't for the bears... <laughs> I mean, for a start, he would have got a slightly lower score, but not much. Even if you took the Bears away, I imagine he'd easily be in the top ten. I don't know, though. I'm tempted, but there's nothing in there that really makes me go, oh, wow, that was apart from the Bears, but I'm not sure the Bears are quite enough. Mr. Stabby was a, just a delightful icing on the cake for Caracalla. Whereas, would you tell people in the street about him? i tell them about the Bears. There you go. But I think it would just be a case of there was a Roman emperor who had two bears. Called Innocent and Goldflake. Yeah. <laughs> but there's... Um, no, I'm, I think I'm, I've decided I don't think I can give it to him. Despite his really impressive score. But if you want to, we can go to the coin. No. I agree. Let's not give it to him. No. No. I mean, it's a different time from, say, Trajan and Aurelian and um, Diocletian is kept it stable he didn't really improve the empire other than just keep it ticking along which is not a bad thing at all it's not a negative in any way shape or form in fact it's in in challenging times it's with all the barbarian attacks that that's quite mm. commendable oh hang on though we haven't mentioned his amazing death oh that's true oh and now i'm starting to think bear story plus he died screaming at someone because he was screaming at someone he gave himself a stroke <laughs> It's a very... It's one of my favourite deaths. Apart from the poo death, yes. It's probably my favourite death. And the lightning one. That was a good one. Oh, I'm just, should we let the coin decide? I'm that's, Yeah, I think let's, let's do it. Okay, coin here. Genesis, our side. Or the, the lion. Same for lions. Here we go. The coin has been tossed. The results are in. Valentinian... Has oh. Genesis oh. got it? That's the first time the coin's done this. Wow, it was close. It was very it was close. Very close. But it we'll went down it to, to the wire. I think we actually decided he didn't for a while, didn't we? But the coin. Well, we had, has... we... Yeah, but yeah. The coin has spoken. Jupiter has declared, although Jupiter's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> the empire is fully Christianized. But now there's still a lot of uh, pagans around. It's fine. So Ooh. there you go, Valentinian. Well done. You get Genesis are. Because you died screaming, and you had man-eating bears. <laughs> man-eating she-bears. Yes. <laughs> that he let loose. That's a good point. You did that yeah. as well. No, you're right. There yeah. are stories okay. here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, there we go. We have a Genet Caesar, our first for a while. I say a while. Constantius 2 got one a yeah, couple of true. episodes ago. But still, it's nice to keep them ticking along. Yeah, I agree. And next week... Um, it will be, let me tell you, because I think I know, his brother, Valens. Yes. Next week, we get to go and see, was he dead? Did Procopius take over? I'd be very short episode if he was dead. We've had short episodes before. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have. Um, right, so you'll get to find that out next week. So before we leave, just want to say a huge thank you to three of our new senators. Ooh. We have Clyodil... Cleodil? Cleodil. Yeah. Cleodil. Thank Cleodil. you very much. Kevin, a, a special thank you to Kevin for just having a very easily readable name. Well done. Thank you to thank Kevin. Thank you, sir. And uh, 
Skeddycopter. Oh, that's a nice name. Though. That's a good name, yes. So thank you to you three for your very generous donations. The next Senate Roman Republic episode will be out soon, possibly in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think let's, let's go back on with this for a couple of episodes then. Yes, I? but I, I think, I might change my mind on this, but I think we're going to go for Furious Cam. Oh, and we're going to go right into the early days. Nice. Where history is a bit vague, but it's a good story. Excellent. So I think we might go there. So that will be in a couple of weeks or so. And also, huge thank you for all of you who are leaving reviews on iTunes. It really is very helpful. We've got a really good one here by Wagogi. Five stars, highest highest marks for successors all of us. <laughs> Only 30 ratings so far. That merits the highest opprobrium crazium score for the podcast listening audience. Rob and Jamie put out a truly amazing podcast and deserve full marks. I encourage podcast listeners looking for a Roman history podcast to give Totalis Rankium a try. You won't be disappointed. Unless maybe your name is Jeff or Roger. I encourage all Totalis Rankium listeners to rate the podcast to boost their successus ultimus score. If you like Rome, and you like having fun, this is the podcast for you. Rob and Jamie leave no rock unturned in their exhaustive research for each episode and manage to present it in a very fun and engaging manner. Keep up the good work, guys. P.S. Check out The Greatest Generation. I consider it to be the Totalis Rankium of Star Trek TNG podcasts. Yes. Yes, which I'm guessing is for you. Thank you. Yes. So there we go. Thank you very much for that review. New favourite podcast, Rebox 613. Very funny and yet somehow informative. Find myself laughing out loud often at work. But he's laughed at. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy hearing the post-episode scenes. Don't know what that is. And the adventures of Jeff. Just finished the poopy anus episode. Might be the name of my next dog. <laughs> please. <laughs> please do please that. Please do that. And have been binging to catch up. The website containing the maps, family trees and drawings is both helpful and entertaining as well. Great job. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was Reebok 631. No, 613. I apologise. So, thank you very much for those reviews. Yeah, thank you. Uh, don't forget, you can um, follow us on Facebook. We're also available on Twitter. And uh, don't forget our WordPress website as well that, that stuff happens on. And also, good news, the week of the 6th of July, our podcast is being featured on the Podbean's main website page. Oh, yes, yeah. very exciting. As a featured is... podcast. It's good. Mm. I wonder what it would be like to feel featured. Oh, I've never know. been featured before. No, that's, that's, yeah. do you think it hurts? I hope not. <laughs> Hopefully it's just pleasant and warm. I hope so. Yeah. Okay, right, well, I now need to go off and vote. Oh, you do? Yeah. And uh, watch the rest of the Comey interrogation. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm going to go and do. Yeah. Yes. So, until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. I didn't do a regular sign-off. Snowflake, here's Snowflake. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Hi, my name's Chuck Harrington. I'm from CSI Rome. I'm here about the body. Oh, um, wonderful. You, uh, yes, someone has died. Um, j just over here. Do, do you want to see him? That would be great. Oh, well, then we're putting a tent around to preserve the evidence. The, the, the what? The, the, the tent, the, the, the big plastic thing you put over. It's just his tent. That's where he lives. Well, well, this way, and you come. Yes, it's 
tragic news. He was well-liked. Well, I say well-liked. He was... He'd be missed. Yes. Anyway, in, in you come. Oh, I can see already. He's got some contusions on his feet and the soles. He's got some weird, weird bruising on his legs. That may have something to do with it as well. Possibly. Um, we, ju- we just, well, to be honest, we just want you to take the body away. That's fine. I need to investigate, though. That's, oh, okay. that's my role. Okay, okay. Um, his stomach seems quite protruding. Maybe it's something he ate. Hey, what's this? He's got like a white powder on his fingers. What could that be? Let's head up to the top. Oh my God, look at his neck. It's covered in this red substance. I'm not sure what it is. That would be blood, I think. Where's that from? I think that's the uh, gaping axe wound in his head. Oh, well, it's inconclusive. Room number one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Plan number two. <laughs> Plan number two. <laughs> number two. <laughs> Plan number two. <laughs> number two. <laughs> I'll stop now. <laughs>